Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, welcome back everyone to another episode of Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard. And for those of you who are new to my podcast, I see new people coming in all the time and it makes me so excited. Welcome. I'm a certified divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and trained relationship decision coach. I am a single mother of two teenagers who went through divorce myself over five years ago, which is what launched me on this path to doing what I am now in redefining myself, my purpose, and my mission to changing the experience of divorce for others. So if you are out there, you're just contemplating divorce, or you're thick in the process, or maybe you're out the other side wanting to make better choices and redefine yourself and your life, you have come to the right place. My goal and purpose are to provide you with the information, education, guidance, inspiration, and empowerment so you can make the best decisions for you. Divorce is never easy, but it doesn't have to be ugly. Making it ugly is a choice. So maybe you or someone you know is currently on the fence about your marriage, contemplating divorce, but you're stuck on how to have that conversation. Well, I have something for you. I just launched a mini digital course called The Talk. This course will help you master the art of having the hard conversation with your spouse. I'm telling you, so many of us wait for the shoe to drop, wait for them to do something wrong one more time, wait for that fight, and then announce that we want a divorce. If we can start this conversation differently, I promise you that the whole trajectory, the whole path, the way that that it's experienced will change, you know, because we can't change the system but we can definitely change how we respond, how we show up, how we treat our our soon-to-be ex-spouse through this process, and we can make different choices. And it all starts from having that first most important conversation. So this mini course will guide you through how to have this conversation. I'm going to give you over 20 different scripts, which are sentence starters, possible responses, to help you start to form the right narrative around having this conversation right. So if you are interested in learning how to do this better, head on over to my Instagram at Divorce Redefined, click the link in my bio, and grab yourself the mini digital course. Trust me, this is something that you really want to do right, so don't wait for a fight. Now today, I have very exciting news. I have a very special guest on with me, and I'm super excited about it. We chatted not long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, um, I was on his, his podcast. But you may know my guest today from season two of Netflix hit reality show, Love is Blind. But there's a side of him that you may not know, the storyteller. Today with us on the show is Nick Thompson. Nick believes everyone has a story to tell and should shine as their authentic self. Nick's most passionate about building human connections, mental health and wellness, problem solving, self-improvement, and giving back to the community. 
As a tech marketing executive, Nick builds personal connections with customers, teammates, and coworkers to empower people to take action, learn, and grow. His podcast, Conversations with Nick Thompson, elevates societal issues such as free speech, free press, mental health, healthy lifestyles, and helping the less fortunate live better lives. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Nick. Welcome. Thank you. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are all the things that you are so well known for and doing. And I love your passion and your purpose and what you're doing um, in your life. It's fantastic. Thank you. And you too. Um, We've been connected for a little while through social media and, and you're very uh, authentic and relatable and it's, it's been a help. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad as long as I'm helping, you know, one person at a time, right. One day at a time. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when I get those, I get a DM every now and then, and it's like, thank you. I really needed that today. And it's like, okay keep doing what you're doing, like one person at a time. Yeah. And it's amazing how it hits people, you know, right when they need it. You know, we all, I feel like we all need the same messages and it might be on different days, but at the same time, like we all are going through our own shit, our own stuff at different times, but we're all going through it, right? We're human just on the path forward. And so it's so important that we're supporting each other through it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I couldn't agree more. So let's dive into you. <laughs> I really, <laughs> yeah, I'm really super curious about starting kind of from the beginning. You know, you have definitely made, you know, a, a, an impact on the world through your your time on Love is Blind. But I want to be able to go back in terms of tell us how it all started. What drew you to being on the show? How that began? You know, this is a a season of our lives where there's lots of reality shows around love and connection and and building off relationships. And uh, I'm so curious as to, you know, what drew you there and what your experience was like on a show like that? Sure. So interestingly enough, I don't really watch that much reality TV. And (laughs) I was um, reached out to by a casting professional on LinkedIn of all places. Mm. And when they said what the show was, I had no idea other than the name because everybody watched it from lockdowns during COVID. Right. So I knew of the name and I kind of was like, well, let me watch it and just see what I think. Um, so I sat down and I binged it over probably two or three days. And I was really sort of enamored by the concept because it kind of addressed all of my critiques of modern dating and why I felt like I was unsuccessful and why I feel like a lot of people are really unsuccessful, which is you, you have endless opportunities, or at least the concept of endless opportunities with multiple dating apps, with all these, these connections you make in, in real life. And I always felt like when I meet someone on a dating app, in a lot of cases, you don't even have their full attention. You're distracted by who else you're chatting with on the app or what other dates you have set up. And the other person's going through the same thing. And what I felt like that does is creates this concept in your mind, this ideation that, oh, there's one thing that maybe isn't Mm. right or might be a red flag. And you don't ever take the time to get to know someone. And you're always on to the next. And then that creates a, a mindset of never getting to know anyone. And so as I watch this, And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, you get rid of work, you get rid of your phone, you get rid of the distractions and you really focus on someone. 
I think this could really work. Mm. And so that was the real driver for me. Um, you know, Lauren and Cameron in season one and, um, uh, Matt Barnett and Amber Barnett in season two, watching their connections. I was like, okay, they, they seem like real people. They seem like they made a genuine connection and I can see how this can work because all you're focused on is getting to know these 15 people that are on the other side of these walls. And then I was, I was curious, like, I, I believe that love can be blind, but I also believe that physical attraction is important. And I was always curious if I fell in love with someone without seeing them, would that still matter? Yeah. And so just that, that thought was kind of like my conundrum going in, but what was really good for me is that, and I always say, I'm like, all of a sudden, like I was there, it just kind of snowballed over a few months. And I remember getting the call to say, you've been cast. And they're like, do you have any questions? I'm like, no, is that weird? Because I was just like in <laughs> shock. Right. And the process is they're, they're very particular with the process. So it isn't, it isn't easy. Um, right. so yeah, I, I just remember like my mindset was I'll probably be home in a few days and that's okay. And if by chance there's someone on the other side, I'm okay with that too. And that was mm -hmm. kind of my mindset going in. Um, and I think that really, really opened up, uh, the possibilities for me, um, just kind of having that open mindset, but yeah, it, it kind of, I just was there all of a sudden yeah. and it, it was kind of surreal. Well, you know, things happen to us when they're meant to happen, right? And so that was a, an experience that you were supposed to have. And having that open-mindedness, I I love that because really, why not? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? That you come back and continue to live the life that you're already living? Okay. Right. So that's the worst that can happen. Well, there's worst case scenario right there and you're comfortable with that. So let's see what's the possibility. And I think that if you, if you don't take a risk, you're not really going to know. And I do love the concept of of putting everything away. Cause we do not do that in our society right now. I mean, even when we're in a relationship, we're distracted. We're on each other's, we're on phones because now, and we're not only just having conversations, but we're working at the same time, like 24 right. seven, there's always some kind of distraction in our lives. Even if it's friendships, even if it's kids, even if it's, you know, jobs, whatever it is, but to be able to connect with someone on that, you know, really, emotional, like mental level, that is definitely something that people take for granted. I think. I think so too. I, I agree with you completely. And another thing that I, you watch season one and now, now I think five, four, four is out today. Oh, wow. Um, okay. As we're, we're filming and you watch season one and everyone was there. And I think everyone for the most part was pretty authentic, at least of the main cast. And they were really trying out this experiment. I, I think that kind of gave me the idea that that was going to be the case for season two also. Mm. And so I went in and I wasn't thinking about followers. I wasn't thinking about post-show, you know, 15 minutes of fame or being a celebrity. And I think that kind of helped me and my mindset. Um, but that right. was not the case. And I can tell you, I can imagine it's not the case as the show continues and gets more and more popular and more and more people see it. So it, it is really a, it, it's such a, I think you got to be really careful with your intentions when you're going in mm -hmm. there and, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that you're, you're there for whatever reason that is, but be honest about it. Cause otherwise you could end up in a, in a really rough situation. And when people reach out and they're thinking about going on the show and there's a couple of people that I've, I've talked to, and I, I explained some of these things to them that they should mm -hmm. be on the lookout for, um, you know, some of them decide not to, to do it. And right. 
I, I think it's just, um, yeah, it's just a, a tough situation to go into if you, if you don't go in with the right mindset and with, um, an intention, whether that's, you know, the right intention or not, it's up to you to decide, but yeah. I think that's something people should be thinking more about. And that's just a whole level of self-awareness. Like if you're going to go into an experience like this, knowing that you really want your 15 minutes of fame and that's what this is for, then yeah, be, be clear about that for sure. Even it with yourself, but going into that, knowing that that's not what you wanted. Like, let's just mm -hmm. give this a try for the actual concept for what the show was created for, you know, to see if love connections can be made with just that level of, of, you know, what, what do you guys just talk to? You didn't even see each other, right? Is, how, no, is that how yeah, that goes? We didn't even, yeah. You're sitting in, in the pods and you're talking to a wall and there's a little speaker there and micro and you're mic'd up. So it's all, okay. it's all just feeding through a speaker and a wall that has some glitter on it. And <laughs> or it looks like glitter and it's, yeah, it, it's so, um, it, you know, it, it, it allows you to be more open and free mm -hmm. too, which I, I found myself sharing things. Um, and you know, Danielle and I connected right away. Um, so there wasn't first, first day. I mean, she was the really one of maybe two or three that were stood, stood standing out, but, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the level of comfort that it, you almost get from having these, you know, elongated conversations with someone where all you have to do is talk to each other for, you know, a few minutes at first that grows up to hours a day, you yeah. really find so much comfort at, that you can build with that person. If again, if you're doing it for the right reasons and, yeah. and there for the right reasons. Yeah. And I think if the person's being authentically honest with you about who they are and what they want, did you find that that was the case? Like when you're talking to other I guess these other women, you're trying to figure out who you've got connections with. It's, it is really easy to figure out who you've got connections with from, from a basic conversation, you know, interest level, you know, purpose level, what are you all about? Like, I think we take that for granted because you're right when you said that we immediately go to the physical attraction, which is just our natural part of chemistry, right? Chemistry draws us in. It's that physical attraction piece first, and then all the other things second, but it's that compatibility piece that is actually only a discovered when we have those deep conversations that that is really the where the foundation of relationships can be built on so that they do have longevity i i couldn't agree more again with everything you said <laughs> and i think um for me going in there i i'm very comfortable with myself i always say i'm unapologetically myself i remember you know people concerned about edits and concerned about how they would be portrayed. I never had any of those concerns because I never said or did anything that was out of character. Mm. And I think going in with that mindset of being comfortable with who I am, knowing what I value, knowing the three things that I need in a relationship, being able to articulate those um, and, and just be myself is very easy to connect with people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you connect romantically, but when you're yourself, the right people come to you and then you shed the rest. And I think that's a, yeah. a big lesson that people can, can learn as they're, they're going into, you know, the real world or any kind of dating reality show. Yeah. Or any kind of relationship. Like it's clearly yeah. that you have done a lot of thinking about what it is that you do want in a relationship and going in with that in mind, because you're going in with this is like, yeah, I'm looking for a relationship. Like this is kind of what I'm here to do. This is what I want. And here are the things that I want. So you said, you have three things. Do you have three things that you look for in a relationship? I do. Um, number one is, is trust. And th this is X. So this is interesting. This exercise that I did 
was I was coming out of, um, right at the beginning of COVID, a very important relationship that ended, I wasn't expecting to end. And I look back on that and there were so many things in there that I thought were, this is what I need. This is what I need. So I took the time to really like kind of write and get yeah. these things out and narrow it down so that I know just in life what I want. Cause I spent so much time dating the wrong people in my twenties, not knowing who I was or what right. I needed to be, you know, feeling at my best. And when I finally started figuring it out, like the rest of this just starts to flow and it comes through. So number one for me is trust. And that isn't just trust that you're going to, you know, not cheat on someone or that you're going to be mm. honest. Like, I think that goes without saying, but I want, um, I want trust that you're going to respect the relationship and that you're going to respect me and that, you know, that I'm going to do the same for you. So that right. trust spans out across every possible aspect of the relationship. The other one that I need is stability. I have a lot of endeavors. I, I, I work pretty hard, probably too hard in a lot of cases more mm -hmm. than I should. Um, and that, that was my identity for, for a long time. And so I had to, you know, I had to, I have to work to break that. I still do. Um, but I just want to know that even in the worst times that that relationship is stable. So right. an argument or a conflict comes up. I want us to, to know this is, this is okay. This is normal. Mm -hmm. Let's attack it together instead of mm -hmm. let's attack each other. And so that, yeah. that when I say stability, I just want to know that it's there and that we know it's a work in progress and will always be a work in progress separately and together and, um, really have that, that stable foundation that this relationship is solid. Um, and, and we're not going to let a, a silly conflict get in the way of our, our love and our commitment. Right. And then the third one is quality time, which is, um, you know, quality time and, and words of affirmation are my two most prominent love languages. It's very important for me to uh, feel connected to the person that I'm with. And in order to do that and keep that connection and grow that connection, I need to have time with just them. And I need to have time with them and their family and them and their friends. And then the same for me as well. And that time is just so important for me to feel connected and engaged in, in the relationship. So yeah. I, I, those are the three that are like non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Um, and, and what I really look for in a relationship, of course, there's other things, but those have to be there to, to build the other things. Those are your non-negotiables. Exactly. Yeah. I think that those are very, you know, very admirable. I think that those create a, a really strong relationship, like trust for sure. hundred percent at the, at the end of the day, you need to be able to trust your partner. You need to know that they're invested in you and that, yeah, we're in here for the long haul. We can have fights. We can go through the bumpy waters, but we're in it. Like I'm in it with you and we're growing together. And then having those love languages, I think is super important too. Like, do you feel that, do you have those love languages because that's how you love someone? So that's a, I have some hot takes on love languages. I'm happy to share with you. <laughs> okay. Here. So I used to believe, um, you know, again, meandering, I always say I was meandering around in my twenties dating, trying to figure it out. Um, but what I realized is that the way that a person receives love is not necessarily the, the same way a person shows love. Mm. And when you're in a relationship, I think it's very healthy to have a realistic conversation and ask yourself, how do I show love? How do I receive love? And then share that with your partner because you can end up like two ships passing in the night. If I need words of affirmation and you are a gift giver mm -hmm. that we're going to miss each other. 
But if I know that gift giving is your love language, which is by the way, that's how I show love. I show love by um, acts of service and gift giving, but mm. that's not how I receive it. So if my partner knows that when I do give a gift, even if that's not their love language, they can then be like, oh, he is showing me love. He's just showing it in his way. And then if I understand how they receive love, I can work harder to make sure that I change the way that I behave a little bit and make sure in addition to gift giving, I'm showing them acts of service or whatever other love language they need so that you can connect with each other on both levels of how you give and how you receive. Yeah. Oh, I love that mindset because we do so much thinking about how, you know, are we meeting our the other person's need and how they need to be loved? But it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. And you need to be able to show love in the way that you show love. And I I get this all the time with couples. Well, you know, he shows me love in this way, or she shows me love in this way, but I don't want it that way. I want it this way. But it's kind of like, but that's how they show you. They're right. showing you in their way. You can receive that. But also, like you're saying, I think the deepest couples need to take it to the next level and make the effort to show the other person how they need love and do that too. Because it may be, might not be your nature to be physically affectionate or whatever. But if you know your partner needs that, then you do more of that for them. You know, instead of saying, hey, well, that's just not how I love, you know, we need to have that balance in order for it to work. It can't just be one way. I completely agree with you again. And (laughs) I, so I, I don't show physical touch. Like that is something that I have had partners tell me before that I work on, uh, especially if it's something that is important to them. So it, 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 you're a work in progress. People are nuanced, but you have to just have the open and honest conversations about it so that you can try a little bit harder to meet your partner where they are and they can try and meet you where you are. So you don't miss each other. Like I said, two ships passing in the night. Yeah. And do you think that love languages can change? And the reason I say that is because I feel that in my previous life in my first chapter in my marriage, I was a different version of myself. And I don't feel I was as confident and self-assured and had enough self-love. And so I really needed words of affirmation. I really Mm. needed to be shown love in that way where I feel now in my life, it's not the same. I definitely, I don't need those words of affirmation as much as I want the quality time, you know, as much as I want to be shown in different ways. I mean, I'm even really good with acts of service. That's like really good love showing to me, (laughs) like wash my car, like (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's love for me too. But I think, I think like, as you change, I don't know, what, what do you think? Like, as you change in a version of yourself, maybe your love languages and what you need to be shown love changes. I I think it does change. I think it evolves. I think it ebbs and flows in different ways. If you think of them as levers, sometimes you need one of the other and, um, you know, other times you you need another one. Um, I know like right now, as I'm navigating post-divorce life, public eye, trying to figure out when I'm ready to date again and, you know, really pick up what's left of, of all of this and, and do something with it. I need words of affirmation in a way I've never needed it before Mm, because I'm questioning. I have, I've lost confidence. I feel, I felt like a failure. I also in November lost my job, which was shortly after my divorce started. So it was just like all these life altering events. And I found myself just sitting. I remember it was December 22nd sitting here and I was like, 
my whole life just feels like it's over and I don't know how to come out. I'm like, I, I guess my never ending quest for rock bottom has been achieved and, (laughs) and and it's like, yeah. And and it, it was, it was really, um, it was really a moment that I kind of had to start thinking differently, but I needed Mm -hmm. someone to tell me, Nick, you did the best you could. Nick, you're a good person. Nick, you can do this. You can, you can be this person. You can, I'm back in school. So it's like, you can go back to school. Like your life isn't over. You're just at a crossroads and you've got to choose which direction you want to go. And mm-hmm. whatever you choose, you're doing the right thing. Cause that's, that's words of affirmation to me. It's like, I don't need someone to tell me I'm handsome or that they like my, my shirt or whatever, like stuff like that. I want someone to tell me, Nick, you're doing the right thing. Cause that's mm-hmm. so important to me to have integrity, which is one of my you know key values is integrity. I always want to act with integrity. And so sometimes when I'm questioning, like, did I try as hard as I could have, did I right. do the right thing? I want someone to tell me, Nick, I believe you did the right thing. And I believe in you, especially yeah. lately, that's become one of those levers that, you know, I need more than, than anything else from right. friends, from yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> As you're working to redefine yourself in this in this different season of life, because I think it's hard when we experience so much loss. And when you go through a divorce itself, so many people attach so much of their identity and their worth to that experience. And they look at it like a failure. And it's it's really, it's, I mean, I hope you don't feel like you're a failure. It's really not a failure. It's just a, a situation where you both just didn't work. They just didn't end up being your people. And that, that's totally okay. You know, there's that quote that says, you know, people are supposed to be in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And sometimes people are only supposed to be there for a certain season to teach you something about life in that moment. And so for you, you know, going back to that relationship and when you and Danielle got connected on the show and the whole intent was that you would, that you would leave and get married. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so in your mind, did you feel like, okay, this is it. I found it and we're going to create this life together. Or what were the expectations that you had? That's a a good question. And I, I think we connected so fast and, and I remember like in the men's lounge on the show, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, Nick's locked down Danielle. And, and, and it created like this panic and it was again, like who's there for what reasons maybe mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, but you know, she and I were exclusive on day three. We had to talk to other people, but we were like, you know, she actually came to me and said, I'm it's you or I'm going home. And I was feeling the same way. And so, you know, I, I was going to trust the process as they always tell you, but yeah, uh, we connected so quick that I had no doubt whatsoever. Um, there was a little doubt that creeped in the last few days uh, for both of us. And we, mm-hmm. we went back and forth, um, you know, literally both flip-flopping almost like back and forth at the same time. Right. But, um, I, you know, and I, I said this in my vows um, and I said it when I proposed too, um, I, never, I, I never had any doubts. Mm-hmm. any real doubts like it about her it was it was is it too soon to get married should we be doing this right now but it wasn't ever going to be i don't want to leave here without you that was mm-hmm. that was the whole experience for me wow so you had really i felt a, a deep emotional connection and you hadn't even seen her yet i know so i i was so convinced and you know she she has some some bad anxiety that can creep in and 
I didn't want her to be anxious on proposal day. So I actually sent her a ring pop and we did like a dry run the day before. Uh So we kind of knew we were getting engaged like right away. Um, And then, I mean, seeing her for the first time, that was nerve wracking, um, especially when there's 30 cameras or, and photographers on you the first time you see each other and you, you get 25 minutes and then you don't see them again for a few days. So um, our connection was, it was real. Um, and that's why I, I always say people ask, does it work? I'm like, yeah, it can work. Um, our connection is, is real. It's always going to be real. It's always going to be there. And, um, I guess it's sometimes just the logistics, right. Of the things that, that are, um, challenging the compatibility in real life. Yeah. And and putting, putting that in now into real life and like, can we do this in our actual real lives? Like that's quite a, a whirlwind and it's such a big decision. But I imagine like when you see someone um, for the first time after you've only spoken to them, did you just have that sense of attraction anyways? Like, I mean, all of you are beautiful people on that show. So it's not like anyone really was going to suffer, <laughs> you know, Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm sure that can be really concerning because if you don't have that physical attractiveness, that turns your connection into a friendship. You know, it's a physical so chemistry true. that turns it into an intimacy, intimate relationship. You know, that must have been a little bit scary for you to wonder if this was going to be that. <laughs> it, it, it was. Um, so I hadn't really thought too much about what she looked like. A lot of people tried to ask. You saw some of that on the show if you watched um, and tried to figure out. And there were conversations and chatter on the the men's side about, you know, oh, so-and-so's lost weight. So-and-so. Um, said they do this, they don't exercise, like all sorts of people trying to triangulate these conversations with her. I never thought really twice about it. Um, mm-hmm. I knew she was five, seven, um, which I wrote in my journal that night. Cause I kept a journal every night. Um, it's very important to me to keep journals so I can get my thoughts out. Um, but standing there with just basically a screen and an outline of a person probably 30 minutes before you actually get to see them because production's setting up, something's not working, getting, right. you know, you only get one reveal in that scenario. <laughs> so you can't, you can't have any real issues. And, um, I just remember asking myself before the reveal, what, what is in your character? If you are not physically attracted to this person, mm. what, cause that could be a real possibility. And I was like, but I'm still going to be in love with her. And it, right. that is the conundrum that I was trying to figure out. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to keep these feelings that I feel for her. And I'm going to see her. And I just know I'm still going to feel them. And that right. was kind of the mindset I had, even though it certainly is nerve wracking. Sitting yeah, <laughs> totally. But that's such a powerful way to go about it. You know, like really telling yourself, separating what's the most important thing. I think about that when you look at relationships that get started based on like, you know, financial status or monetary wealth or lifestyle, like you aren't necessarily attracted to the person you're attracted to all those shiny objects that are around that person. You know, it's really the test is when you strip it all away, like you guys basically did on the show and connect with them on that level of, you know, emotional intimacy, because that's super, super intimate. If you can have that with someone, I mean, that's, that's major. And you know, but sometimes in your situation, like it, it wasn't meant to continue in life, but you guys were meant to have this amazing, beautiful experience that, you know, tell us about 
what that taught you, because even though you came out of this and the marriage didn't work out, like there's so much that can be, you know, so much that you gained from having an experience like that. Yeah, there's, um, I'm still learning. I'm actually still processing all of it. Um, everything happened very fast. I didn't have a lot of control over any of it. Uh, you Mm -hmm. know, when you're in the pods, you're on their schedule, when you're recording, you're on, or filming in production, you're on their schedule, then they drop you back in reality. And then there's the pressure cooker of when's the show coming out, what, you know, what, what's life going to be like. And this is something I'm, I'm writing about through social media and stuff, but this was, this was a lot of pressure constantly. And it's a bunch of switches getting flipped over and over. I I mean, think about it this way. You go into the pods and you, you, you're under NDA. So my sisters knew and a handful of my friends knew I was going to do this. And my therapist, I did not tell my parents because that would have probably been a fiasco. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so then you come back and it's three weeks later and now I'm engaged and oh my god navigate so it's like i remember i told my sister i'm like you gotta you gotta prep mom and dad because i am not going into this cold and you guys are better (laughs) handling that than i am (laughs) so going into the fire yeah so it's just a bunch of switches being flipped and your whole life changes and then all of a sudden Mm. you you wake up one day i went from like 300 something followers on instagram they announced the cast i'm up to like seven thousand. by the time i wake up I mean, it's overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then once they, the first episodes come out, um, which is, I think it was like two weeks after they announced the cast, you're up in the hundreds of thousands. And when they, they, you get married or you don't, you're up again because you've got different people falling for different reasons. But the hardest, the hardest part I think for me was in trying to figure this out that I, I am known for my relationship and that relationship did not work. Mm. So there is a lot of learning that I'm trying to do there to, to establish who I am outside of that, because that became who I was to a whole lot of people in this world and friends and family. And I think coming out of that and, and working on, um, you know, learnings from there is where I'm at right now. But I will say I am proud of myself for sticking to my core values the whole time um, yeah. to this day. And there, let me tell you, Nick, four years ago would not have been able to do that. And I would be in a totally different space. I would have behaved totally differently. Um, but I, I'm proud of that. And I think that I learned that the work that I did, the foundational work that I did through therapy and self-reflection and Mm -hmm. self-improvement was worth it because I don't, I don't have any like major regrets on any of it, how I've responded to things that have happened post-show or, or anything. So I think that that's my big learning is you are a tough SOB and you stay true to yourself and good for you. And if you can (laughs) stay true to yourself, that is the most important thing you know, regardless of everything else that happens on the outside, because there's so many things that happen that are outside of our control. But the one thing that we can control is how we react to the world. And that shows the world who we are, right? And so good for you for for sticking to, you know, being true to yourself, because that level of authenticity, I think is really lost a lot, especially in the dating world. 
And so now, you know, you are on this path of, of learning and growing and taking that experience and building it. Now you've got this huge mass of following that you can decide, okay, how am I going to pour into these people who want, who want more from me in this way? You've got this amazing podcast, Conversations with Nick Thompson. So tell us how you're taking this and what you're doing with, you know, mental health. I know that you speak a lot about mental health. I've seen some of your posts about boundaries um, and all the other things that you're doing. You're just a creator, you know, um, and as well as a storyteller. But tell us what you're doing now and what path that you're on. Absolutely. I am very... I always say, and I get so much shit from people because I say people mm-hmm. are nuanced, right? So oh, yeah. I have a lot of things that I have as hobbies that I'm passionate about. And I have experienced tremendous benefits from therapy, self-care, putting up boundaries, understanding what I need to be my best self in the world and making sure that that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do now, and I've always shared this with people as I've learned in my life. So why wouldn't I share these things with the community that I've built on social media and acquired through, um, you know, all of this experience and all of the, the, the good and the bad and the the suffering and the trauma and all of that, and at least share my learnings and what I'm learning and how I'm coping and the things that are helping me and share them with, with the community. So that that's a huge goal of mine. Um, and the reason that I started the podcast was I find myself uniquely capable of having a conversation with pretty much anybody, um, that can be like left, right, politically, that can be, you know, someone who thinks mental health is a scam and someone who, who, you know, is, is a full fledged psychologist or psychiatrist. Right. Right. And what I want to do is be able to have those people have conversations together. So I started Mm. the, the podcast in order to destigmatize um, you know, mental health and news and politics and say, Hey, we're all in this together and we're all struggling. Like you said earlier with our, our own challenges. So why can't we just hear each other and see each other and listen to each other? And that's kind of what I'm trying to, to foster, um, you know, within my community and moving forward. I love that. That's super powerful. You know, let's bring all of these divergent perspectives and mindsets and bringing them together because it's okay that we all have different perspectives on, you know, in the world. And I find that mm-hmm. so it's powerful when you can open yourself up to holding space for someone's perspective when they're maybe completely opposite of you. It does say a lot about ourselves as people when we don't jump to judgment, you know, when we don't start to put someone down because maybe we feel offended, it really has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with whatever, you know, value system, belief system you have in yourself that's being triggered in that moment. It says, okay, wait, that makes me uncomfortable. This is your chance to go a bit deeper into that about yourself. Because we, there's so much judgment in the world. Like people judge every single day, left, right, and center, right? (laughs) It's like, why are we judging? You know, we need to just be more curious about, huh, why are you behaving this way? Or why are you choosing that? I'm, I'm curious about that instead of that's wrong. It's we, we basically operate based on why, right? Yeah. You're so right. It's the why behind. I actually, this is something that I learned from one of my managers as I was coming up in my career and he was, he was teaching me like how to coach people. And it, it was like, you just have to keep asking why, Mm. because you'll get there at some point. So it's like, why? Okay. Why? Why do you feel that way? Well, what do you think is causing you to feel that way? And if you do that, 
you can really humanize and understand the humanity in someone. And I always say like, we're all human beings first. We're all nuanced. Mm, We all have experiences that have shaped the way that we look and feel their experiences. Someone's experiences that disagree with you are just as valid as the experiences you have. You just have, you just came out of different places and that's okay. And understand that they're just as human and just as valid as you are. Absolutely. And having that bravery, you know, to tell your story, like you're coming forward and telling your story, talking about your experience doesn't say that, you know, your experience was any different than like was different. It does say that your experience is maybe different than Danielle's experience, but her experience is her experience. Your experience is your experience. And everyone on that show, even though you're on the same show, had a little bit of a different takeaway from this whole experience and being able to be open to that and say, well, that's not how it happened. Actually, it could be for the other person. Having that open mindset is, I think, what makes relationships of any kind also be really successful because you are you stop acting with your ego, which in your ego only wants to be right, and you start, you know, operating from a place of curiosity and love and compassion and opening up to other people. I, I agree with that completely. And and again, it's it's when you don't even have to agree. You don't yeah. even have to 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 ha- come to a, a conclusion other than we agree to disagree, but hear them and see them mm-hmm. and, and treat them as a human being. And you will go a lot further than if you try to be right or wrong or prove yeah. someone wrong. So being on that show and through that experience, um, are you still connected to some of the people? Are you still connected to Danielle, even though it didn't work out? What are your relationships like post? Um, I, I always say I came back to, um, like my normal life as much as I could. I talked to Shane regularly. Um, I talked to some of the guys that weren't on the main cast, but that's about it. Mm, Yeah. So it's just sort of, it's so quick, right? How to, it's hard to probably keep all those connections as well. Cause it just happens all so fast. Oh yeah, it, it does. It happens real quick. And I mean, to be honest, like I, you know, we, we didn't have the most amicable divorce. It got public at times and mm. I'm just not, I'm a private person. I, I want to keep, you know, I think you should keep your, your challenges in, in your house and not mm. share them with the world. So there's a little bit of a, a different approach to that, that, you know, I just kind of think impacted some of the the relationships and it, it wasn't just, you know, ours. I think the, the entire cast has a lot of impacted and unhealthy relationships with one another. Yeah, for sure. How long did your marriage last after the show? Um, so we, we got married June 8th, 2021. Um, so it was like 14 months about 14 oh, months, about 14 months. And yeah. then, um, how, how successful are the other couples on the show? The ones that, that leave and get married. Are there any ones that are still together? So not from season two, both okay. marriages ended in, in divorce, um, season one, both couples are still thriving, uh, mm. that got married as, as far as I understand, I didn't watch season three. I believe two couples got married and I think they're still together, but I, I honestly like don't really. I don't yeah, pay no. much attention okay. <laughs> to it. It's, it's a little, it's a little triggering and, yeah. and hard to watch. Yeah, for sure it is. And how do you think that experience do you think is going to change um, how you show up in the 
dating again, you know, going back into the dating pool and how is that going to affect your experience? Because I'm also sure now that you know, you're out there dating in these single girls, who's not going to want to go date Nick Thompson, who is on Love and Blind, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I have the, the DMs, people slide into the DMs right. on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I've met some people I haven't been dating. Um, I don't really know how that, that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to go back on dating apps, right? Like that uh, seems yeah, ludicrous to me, but um, you know, I, I've met some people out in the wild that have asked if I was dating or if, you know, I've talked to them and they wanted to go on a date, but I'm just not in that mindset yet. Mm. Um, and, and I don't really know, I know who I am. I, mm -hmm. I have no questions about that, but I don't know who, how to date right now. And I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, it, how am I going to do it? What's it going to look like? No idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a hard, it's hard, especially when you are, um, you know, much more visible now potentially that you are because yeah going onto a dating app might not be your preferable option or a choice right. you know and then it's meeting people and and making sure that they're the connections that you want because it's a it's a tough world out there to date but it sounds like for you you know no matter what you're you're going to do about it you're very solid with what you're looking for in a partner and if that partner can bring you those to the table then you're going to be willing to take a chance and see where it goes that's exactly right. And, you know, the other side of it is people, most of the people follow me because they, they fell in love with my relationship. Mm. And now a lot of those people, I believe are curious who I'm dating or if I'm dating. And that leads to a responsibility that I feel I have that I don't really know how to navigate where I have to be careful with like, who I'm out with. Um, I was out with a friend that was visiting from England and there was a whole, you know, speculation that I was, I had cheated on Danielle and that's why we were getting divorced. Mm. And it's like, Whoa, no, my friend from England had planned to come here for months. And <laughs> so there's that, or yeah. I had another friend come and visit and posted pictures of her trip to Chicago. And everybody was like, Oh my God, they're going to announce they're together and blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, we're just friends. So there's a level of responsibility mm -hmm. I feel there. And, you know, with all of the, you know, support, there's also the, the detractors. So that person that I'm dating or that I'm hanging out with, they have a, um, you know, they're putting themselves in a predicament where they can be ridiculed or, right. or, and, and it happens, it happens to people where I'll post a picture with them or whatever, and then they'll get, you know, hate on their social media. And yeah. so I, I just feel like there's a responsibility that I have there. So I have to be, um, you know, kind with, with people and honest with them, um, mm -hmm. which I'm just not, you know, I'm just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, take it fair enough. You have, you're still in the healing process, you know, and the, yeah. the redefining who you are through this. But I think that, yeah, the world's hard because everyone has a story. Everyone will make up a story if they don't have one, you know, and they'll create some kind of drama or situation that you never even knew you were in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that has happened to me a lot over the last few months, few years. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's navigating that. And I can imagine that putting that wall up to protect yourself and your, you know, your self-esteem, your self-image, not getting caught up in all of, all of the negativeness that, that can come with with being celebrity status, with finally, with having so much visibility, it's like, listen, we need to block out all the noise. Let's follow our inner voice. How does this really feel to me? What's truly important? And, you know, stop listening to all the 
the BS, yeah. you know? Exactly. You got to tune out the noise, right? Totally. Yeah. So do you think that you would ever do another experience, another show similar to this, if not want something like this again? So people have been asking me that a lot lately with um, Perfect Match came out, which was a show of all... I always joke, I'm like, perfect match is what would happen if you asked chat GPT to take every Netflix <laughs> show personality and come up with a new show to right. put them on. That's that was what the AI output would be. Uh so a lot of people I was I was kind of surprised were DMing me asking if I would do that show. I don't I don't think I would do another dating show. Um I I, I would do like a game show or mm. something along those lines. Um, but I don't think I would do another dating show. Um, especially when that ended in marriage, because I, yeah. I don't know that I would be able to, to overcome my own mind and experiences to do something like that again. Yeah. Opening your, up your heart again, you know, in that yeah. way, you might be a bit, you know, naturally guarded in a way that you weren't the first time because you did go in with full intentions of, you know, anything could happen and you were open to the experience, but then having to go through something that hurt, we all naturally just put the walls up a little bit because we don't like getting hurt. It's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and then going forward for you in terms of building relationships, would you say there's something that you took from, you know, your relationship with Danielle that you would love to to recreate in another relationship, like something that was really special that you think, yeah, that's the kind of relationship that, that I really want. I, yeah, I was actually out to dinner with my friend last night and we were talking about this. Um, I had never had more fun with anyone that I've dated as I did with Danielle. We had fun watching TV shows. We had fun cooking. We'd have fun going out. We'd have fun dates. Um, we would have dance parties. We would sing. I mean, I'd never had more fun with someone. Um, and, and I didn't even know how much fun you could have with someone. So I take that with, um, and hope that I can find someone that I can have that much fun with. Yeah. Wow. Fun is important, right? If you can continue that fun. And do you think that's something that would last? Cause I know it's so easy to just honeymoon phase lasts for like 18 months to two years. And then we get into this, this habitual routine of, of, you know, comfort. Do you think it obviously that it's going to take some effort to keep that going? And if you look at your relationship, what do you think is most important to, to keep those things thriving in your love relationship? I, I, that was the funny thing is because I have been in relationships where we had fun and then it slowed down mm. or it was a certain way. And then, you know, the honeymoon phase goes by and you settle into your routine. That was another thing. Like I never thought that would happen. I thought Danielle and I would always be able to have fun no matter right. what, because we, we, we knew how we knew how to do that together. There's a lot of other things we could not figure out how to do together, but we knew how to have fun together. And so I think if you're with the right person and you both have that that mindset and that goal that, and you, you check in regularly when something's off or, or mm -hmm. you, you realize something's missing. I think you can, you can keep that going. So I, I plan to, um, you know, I've learned a lot <laughs> coming out of this of, of, you know, how I need to be in a relationship and how someone else needs to be to work within, um, the relationship for me. So that's, that's kind of, I, I think it's possible. Absolutely. I think you can, you can keep the spark. Um, if you, if you put the effort into it and you got to make an effort, right. I think it's all about making an effort. Yeah. 
Great. Yeah. Well, this, this has been such a fun conversation, Nick. I just love chatting with you and listening to, you know, your viewpoints and perspectives on love and life and how to, you know, go into relationships, knowing your full self. I think that is power right there. And that's going to set you up for huge success in any relationship. Cause like you said, we define ourselves so much on our relationship when really it should just be about ourselves and our relationship is just a bonus in our life. That's the old adage. If you're not, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? Yeah. And I think it's so true. People think, oh, it's just so fluffy to say mm -hmm. that, but it's actually true. You really, really have to do that. So I, I love that you, seeing you doing that work on yourself and being vulnerable, you know, and having the courage to be vulnerable to show us that you are. So going forward, as we're wrapping up the show, um, where can people find you and, and how can they reach out? Absolutely. You can find me on social media. Um, Instagram is nthompson513. You can also just search my name, Nick Thompson. Uh, I encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn if they want to see uh, a little bit of uh, my view on, on business, my view on leadership, my view on um, you know prioritization in life. And, and I apply some of my um, learnings that way. And then you can also find me on TikTok if you want to not get a lot of engagement because I, I post and ghost there, um, but <laughs> yeah. you can find me there under nthompson513 as well. And then listen to my podcast. Um, it's available anywhere you, you can get your podcast. We also have a YouTube video version as well. Uh, so I, I would say check that out. That's Conversations with Nick Thompson, and uh, you'll have conversations similar to this um, about a number of different stigmatized topics. Amazing. That's so great. I'm sure that people will reach out and, and give you a follow after this. That's so thank you so much for being here. Yes. And also I forgot, I just launched my website, engagewithnick.com. So okay. um, you can go there. Uh, you'll find uh, guided journals, um, blog posts and other uh, ways that you can engage with me. Oh, cool. I'm going to check that out too. That sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And we will connect with you on your social platforms. And if we don't see you on a game show one day too, maybe so. Maybe we'll see you there. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Nick. It's great to see you. You too. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.